As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. After 17 months and 17 games per team, South America's World Cup qualifying process comes to an end tonight. The region's four automatic bids to the World Cup are already decided, but a spot in the intercontinental playoff is still up for grabs between three countries, Chile, Colombia, and Peru. Felipe Cardenas is here to break down each team, plus a rundown of what to watch in games around the world on a huge day in World Cup qualifying. I'm Alex Abnos from The Athletic, and this is Soccer Every Day for Tuesday, March 29th. First, as usual, it's your TV guide for today. All times are Eastern. I said it before, I'll say it again. This is an absolutely gigantic day in World Cup qualifying all over the world. It gets started bright and early in the Asian region. There's a lot to be determined here. Uh, there are two groups in the Asian qualifying region. The top two have all, in each group have already been determined, South Korea and Iran in one, and then Japan and Saudi Arabia in the other, which means that there's still an intercontinental playoff spot to figure out. And the way they're doing this is that the third place teams in each group will play each other in a playoff to go to the playoff to play the fifth place team from Conmebol, the South American uh, qualifying region. It sounds a little complicated. Basically, Australia is going to be one of the teams and the other group still has to determine their representative in the playoff for the playoff. And there are three main candidates. There's the United Arab Emirates, the UAE, Iraq, and Lebanon. All three of those teams are in action today. Of course, they uh, start with, at 7.30 a.m., Iran hosts Lebanon. Iran has, as I said, already qualified. Lebanon needs to win away at Iran and basically hope Iraq and the UAE lose their games. The UAE, meanwhile, faces Korea, which is the other team that has already qualified out of their group. If they win, they'll face Australia in the playoff. So it's a win in their end sort of thing. South Korea has already qualified, but a win could help some seeding, and that applies to Iran as well. That's at 9.45 a.m. Uh, also at 9.45 a.m., Syria hosting Iraq. Syria has already been eliminated. Iraq needs a win. Uh, a draw probably won't do it for them in this game because they trail on goal difference by a lot to the United Arab Emirates. That, Like I said, that's also at 9.45 a.m. All those games, by the way, are available in the United States on Paramount+. Plus. 
from there, we move on to the African qualifying region. And as I mentioned on a previous show, this is a pretty cutthroat method of qualification. It's a pretty much just a home and away tie between uh, these 10 remaining teams. And all of these ties are pretty much on a knife's edge. None of them were, de- were decided by more than one goal in the opening legs. The second legs are all taking place today. Uh, we'll start in the with the 1 p.m. kickoffs, Senegal versus Egypt. Uh, Egypt is up 1-0 on this one. They won the first leg at home. This is, of course, a matchup between Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane. You might know them as teammates on Liverpool, but they're playing each other in this game for the right to go to the World Cup. Pretty big game. That's at 1 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. Also at 1 p.m., Nigeria versus Ghana. And the first leg of this one ended 0-0, but I would draw your attention to a really, really great piece written by the Athletics' Carl Anka. He was on site for the first leg of this game, and he wrote just an amazing piece that sort of summed up the scene there. It is linked in the show's description pretty much wherever you're listening. That is also at 1 p.m. All these African games, by the way, are on ESPN+. There's also a 3.30 p.m. kickoff window for the African region. Algeria versus Cameroon. Algeria won the first leg 1-0. They are now hosting, of course, the return leg. So they have an away goal, so Cameroon will need to come out firing in this one. That could be exciting. Also at 3.30 p.m., Morocco versus Congo DR. Uh, 1-1 first leg in Congo. Morocco holds an advantage because of of away goals, but that is also potentially a really interesting matchup. And then also at 3.30 p.m., Tunisia hosting Mali. Tunisia won 1-0 away from home via an own goal. So just like Cameroon, Mali will need to attack and that could get really interesting as well. All these games, by the way, are on in the United States on ESPN+. And then, of course, we can't finish up World Cup qualifying without talking about the European region, North Macedonia, the story the, of football in the world, maybe, last week. They're, of course, amazing upset of Italy, of Italy in the first uh, leg of their playoff game. That playoff is in the final. The winner of this uh, particular competition goes on to the World Cup. Portugal hosting North Macedonia. We'll see if the Cinderella's can do it again. Uh, That'll be awesome. I can't wait to see it. Uh, That kicks off at 2.45 p.m. on ESPN2. Also at 2.45 p.m., Poland versus Sweden. Slightly less exciting matchup on its face, but you never know. It's playoff playoff soccer. Uh, Poland advanced automatically because they were due to play Russia, which was then sanctioned by UEFA and FIFA. Sweden, meanwhile, beat the Czech Republic to get here. And a note on European qualifiers related to that last one. Uh, the Wales Wales won their, their side of their playoff bracket, but Scotland-Ukraine is the other side. That match has been postponed and will be played in the June window along with the final for that particular uh, bracket. So we still have maybe another couple months before we know the full field of World Cup contestants, but We'll have a pretty good idea by the end of Tuesday and an even better idea by the end of Wednesday when the North American region uh, kicks off. Now, you might be thinking, hey, he's completely forgotten about the South American region. Friends, I have not. I have Felipe Cardenas here with me to talk through all those, which we're going to send it to right now. All right, it is Tuesday. It is a absolutely massive day of World Cup qualifying all over the world in pretty much every single region. There are some final spots to iron out. And in one of those regions, one of the final spots there is to figure out anywhere in the world is in South America, one of the toughest regions to qualify out of. And there's really just one spot available. It's not even a full spot. It's a playoff spot. Uh, whoever uh, the, the top four teams have already been determined and whoever gets that 
uh, fifth spot will go on to play either Australia or Iraq, United Arab Emirates, or Lebanon. They, those are the teams that will be uh, facing each other in the playoff in the Asian Football Confederation. They'll play each other in Doha. Whoever wins will go on to Doha again later this year in the actual World Cup. In any case, there are three main competitors in South America. And here to talk kind of through those teams and the games that they have in front of them, I have, of course, Felipe Cardenas with me. Felipe, how's, how's it going? Uh, I'm, I'm okay, I guess. I'm, I'm very nervous. <laughs> very, very nervous for tonight. It might be a sigh of release, uh, relief, you know, for Colombia getting to the playoff or one of those... One of those nights where you think, wow, like we're missing a World Cup and you have to wait another four years and all the questions about the program and development and who are we and where are we going? No, you know how it is. It happened four years ago in the U.S. Yeah, it's it's funny. I thought the U.S. was the only uh, country for which that ever happens, but apparently not. Apparently some other countries occasionally don't make the World Cup, too. Um, Yeah, we should probably start with that disclaimer. Felipe is Colombian. He is a fan of the Colombian national team. So there is a little bit of rooting interest going on here. Colombia is one of the three teams that is in uh, contention for that last uh, playoff spot to potentially go to the World Cup, uh, pending, of course, the results of that playoff game in Doha. But we are going to go through each of these three teams that could qualify for the spot in reverse order of where they stand right now in the standings. Uh, Just to refresh everybody, in Conmebol right now, the four qualified teams, this is already determined, they're safe. Brazil in first place, Argentina in second, Ecuador in third, and Uruguay in fourth. They're going to the to Qatar, no question. Uh, but in the fifth spot, Peru, they kind of control their own destiny with 21 points. In the sixth spot, Colombia with 20 points. And then behind them with 19 points, Chile. So, Felipe, let's start with Chile. On this last match day, all the games are taking place at 7.30 p.m. They're all on Fubo Sports Network in the United States. Um, Chile in this last match day, they play Uruguay, Uruguay, like I said, pretty much locked in to their spot. And they're also pretty much locked into pot two, probably for the World Cup draw, uh, which means there's not really a whole lot of motivation there uh, to to get a result, or at least it's unlikely a loss here will uh, harm their chances or harm their World Cup draw in any kind of meaningful way. Uh, what have you seen out of Chile this particular World Cup cycle? And what do you think we can expect out of them uh, in this game at home against Uruguay? Yeah, I think if if you talk to or read about these matches, it, the consensus is that Chile has the toughest route. Obviously, they're behind in the points. They have 19 points. But there's bad blood between Chile and Uruguay. Like the last few World Cup cycles have been really heated matches. And there's reports I've seen in South America of like Uruguay loving, you know, having this up, relishing the opportunity to just really bury the Chileans, even though, like you mentioned, that Uruguay is qualified. I mean, I see this as Chile's final, the, this golden generation that Chile has has had for the last few cycles. Like this is their last chance. This is it for them. You know, if they if they don't advance. You know, the Vidal, Alexis Sanchez, like these great players that have been so prominent for them will likely end their international career. So they've just been incredibly inconsistent during qualifying. They, they used to be a team that could really trouble the top sides in South America, uh, and they just couldn't do it this time around. They were routed by Brazil recently. Uh, they, 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 I think they, their big draw against Argentina was, was, was impressive at the time, but they just were unable to get wins against those teams. They had a loss to Venezuela at one point, and they were just you know, really gashed in transition, carved up 
in, in some big games. Colombia was able to get a big win, for, a 3-1 win against them in, in, in Barranquilla. So th they, in my opinion, while Chile is a team that I think most South American countries don't want to face because of some of the talent that they have, their inconsistencies have really uh, doomed them in this cycle. And like I said, this is a tough match. They're hosting Uruguay, but certainly not a gimme for them. Yeah, they've lost three other out of their last uh, five most recent games. Um, in order to seal up that playoff spot, it's kind of a tough climb. They would need Peru to lose or draw, plus Colombia to lose, and of course them to win that game, win their game against Uruguay. Uh, they could also use uh, uh, Colombia winning plus a five goal win <laughs> in this one, so they so they win the win the goal difference uh, race and would and would then it would then advance to the goal scored qualify. You know, we can go as deep into the into yeah. the tiebreak as you want, but it's pretty unlikely. They they basically need to win and, and hope. Uh, at this point is is the Chile way. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Um, moving on, Felipe, to Colombia, a team you know a thing or two about. Uh, they play away at Venezuela. Venezuela, you know, they, they seem to have probably the best matchup uh, of, of these three teams we're going to be talking about. Venezuela has been the worst team in the region and uh, qualifying, just one win so far. Um what have you seen from Colombia recently, maybe over the course of, uh, of of qualifying? And, you know, what what kind of chance do you think they stand tonight? Well, I'll tell you what I saw from Colombia recently. A goal after 685 scoreless minutes. That's goals are nice. Typo. Yeah, goals are good. Not typo. I mean, 685 minutes without a goal until they beat Bolivia last Thursday, 3 nothing. You know, I think Colombia just so many squandered points at home and some away wins that they should have had that escaped them. They were the better side against a Paraguay team in Asuncion that 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 they allowed to get back into the game. Uh, they were a better team against Uruguay in Montevideo, and they had a chance. Duván Zapata had a sitter that he could not finish in the final minutes of that match, and that ended up in a draw. Just too many draws, eight draws and just four wins for Colombia, and that's just not going to get it done. And, of course, you had the Carlos Queiroz debacle, uh, which included that 6-1 loss to Ecuador. They just never really recovered mentally, and they couldn't find a consistent goal scorer. They tried to bring back Falcao. It felt like just like a, a legacy call-up. He just was not effective. And, you know, Devon Zupata, who can score with his eyes closed in Serie A for Atalanta, can't seem to, to get close to goal when he's wearing the Columbia shirt. So this is a World Cup cal caliber squad, and they are likely to miss out. Like, I, the, there's hope because they're facing Venezuela. But even that, this for many is a Clasico. You know, two neighbors with, with um, politically... Uh, opposing views it's it's heated in on the political at the political level and on the sporting side you know you've got a really interesting storyline here with jose peckerman now venezuela's coach 
who took Colombia the past two World Cups, for many in Colombia, a hero. You know, he's divided opinions because of his tactics, but he was the one that brought Colombia back from the dead. And so there's this fear in Colombia that Jose Pickerman could be the guy that ends it for Colombia, kind of gives it back to the federation who forced him out after the 2018 World Cup. But a win to go over Venezuela at in Venezuela is definitely possible, but it's just it's a tough match every anytime Colombia and Venezuela play. The storylines uh, that happen sometimes in South American football are just unbelievable. And you're completely right that you have a good one there with Jose Peckerman. I have to ask real briefly about Luis Diaz because he was, you know, he's been kind of a breakout star maybe in in the world of football in the, in the last year or so. And yet you say that Colombia has uh, struggled to find a goal scorer. I think that might sound weird to, to some people that have seen him move to Liverpool and instantly look right at home in a, in a great Liverpool team uh, and, and playing well before that. You know, what, what is his role with Colombia? Uh, and do you think he'll have, uh, have an impact uh, in the games tonight? I guarantee he'll have an impact. I mean, he was huge against Bolivia. He was completely unplayable, and he scored the opening goal on a great goal, a typical Luis Diaz goal where he, he's playing on the left side as an inverted winger, gets isolated against a fullback, cuts inside, and just rips it to the far post. And like it's 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 an impossible move to 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 prepare for. You can prepare for it, but you're, it's really hard to stop. Like he he's a top player, you know, and but he's not the guy that can just shoulder everything for Colombia. Um, if you're hoping that your wingers are the ones that are going to score goals, you're in trouble. You know, any international side that does that. Uh, and he needs a lot of help. You know, James Rodriguez, again, looked very good against Bolivia, but he's not the same James in the past. I mentioned before, the number nine position just hasn't come through. Uh, and they've just been too pragmatic. But Luis Diaz has been this bright spot for Colombia. Even if this ends up being a, a failure for, as a campaign for Colombia, it's clear that they have a superstar in Luis Diaz that they can build around. Well, just to recap the scenario for Colombia, they can head to the playoff if they draw this game against Venezuela and then Peru loses and then Chile draws or loses. They could also win this game against Venezuela. And then in that case, they would only need Peru to draw or lose their game. Speaking of Peru, they're the final piece of this puzzle, Felipe. They are currently in the driver's seat. It's Their scenario is very, very easy. Win and they're in. And if they don't, then things get really complicated. They host Paraguay. Um, what have you seen from Peru so far this qualification cycle lately? And do you think Paraguay will will put will give them a, a tough time as they look to get three points and and wrap up a spot in the playoff? Well, first of all, I do think Paraguay will give them a fight. I mean, that that's typical of Paraguay. They're you know they they are coming off a win, a three three one win over Ecuador, you know qualified Ecuador side. Uh, that was a game in Asuncion, so Paraguay had the advantage there. But that gives them some some momentum. You know, so a player like Miguel Almiron had a good game, as someone that they've been waiting to really just be consistently a uh, goal threat, and and he was. And so, you know, the, you know Guillermo Barros Escalosa, the new coach for Paraguay, has something to play for here. You know, like he's trying to build a program. The best way to do that, even when you're eliminated, is to just win your final game, no matter what, who it is, where it is, and, you know, who you're facing. So that's going to be Paraguay's motivation. You know, Peru, just as we were talking before, you know, they're looking for a second consecutive World Cup berth, which is something that is rare for this country. You know, they don't perennially go to World Cups, but they're this team in South America that's just really difficult to handle. The top sides really do struggle against Peru at times, and they're really tough to beat 
in Lima. And so that's where this game is going to be held. You know, if, if uh, I, I think they're obviously the favorite here, you know, they have a lot of motivation. They're very well coached. You know, Ricardo Gareca, one of the top coaches in, in Coma Bowl team, a coach that, you know, so many even teams that, that have coaches in South America are always looking to, um, you know, to replace their current coaches. Colombia is always linked to, to Gareca because of his history as a player in that country. And of course, He's an Argentine, but you know, even Chile would look at him, I think, as, as a possibility, even though there's that rivalry with Peru. But Peru has this advantage because I think they believe, you know, they really do believe. And they're gonna you're gonna watch you're gonna see that stadium, the Estadio Nacional de Lima look like uh you know just a, a firecracker of an environment. Now, the problem with Peru, in my opinion, is that they're just not a prolific team. They just 17 goals scored in the campaign. Uh, and, and they've struggled at times in front of net. They, they can defend. They've done that well. They did that in Colombia and squeezed out a 1-0 win away, which was essentially the dagger for Colombia. So when they're, they're a disciplined team. And I think even though they're missing Andre Carrillo, who was injured with a knee, he, he had a knee injury in the last match, you know, a very dangerous winger and, and goal scorer for them, uh, I just kind of like the feeling around Peru right now. I think they'll get it done. Uh, but, you know, Paraguay is a team. Paraguay, like Uruguay, is one of those sides that, like, you don't want to face when you really need a result. Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned the the great defending from Peru. It seems like you can always count on uh, their goalkeeper, Pedro Galese, to make at least one absolutely stupefying save uh, in in a big game like this. So. Anybody that's watching, keep your eye out for that. And remember, I told you so because I'm a genius. <laughs> yeah, Pedro Galese makes a save every time, and I, I, uh, I've correctly identified that as a thing. P- Felipe, thank you so much for joining. I feel very prepared to watch all these games. Are you prepared? I mean, I think so, Alex. I think so. I mean, I'm looking forward to just you know ending my agony or, or or having some distant hope, you know, extended until you know November. So we'll see. We'll see. Looking forward. Well, either way, I'm happy for you, and we'll uh, talk to you again soon, I'm sure. All right, Alex. This show is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic, and you can subscribe for $1 a month for six months by going to theathletic.com slash soccer every day. Thank you so much for listening. Have fun today. It's a big day. Happy soccer to you all.